Next on BYU Sports Nation, the benefits of playing a tough college football schedule. Why BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo is ahead of the curve. BYU basketball working to stay ahead of the game. Assistant coach Tim Lacombe joins us in studio. What did he learn from exhibition game number one? Plus, CBS Sports putting the brakes on the Cougar tourney train and why you all need to take a long nap on Friday afternoon. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Michael Elisa. It is good to be back. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, November 3rd, wherever and however you're dialed in, Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with postgraduate beard card holder Michael Alisa. <laughs> keep keep busting me about this, huh? How long have you been growing that, by the way? Not long. I, I I keep it pretty trim. You know why I do this? You know why? I no, want to no know why. Reason? Yeah, why? In my field, I'm I'm pretty young, so I grow the beard. I, I I just did it like one week on accident. I, I just forgot to shave, and I realized people started taking me a little more seriously. Started landing some deals. I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to start I keep doing this because people are like, they think I'm like 10 years older than I am and uh, listen up when I, when I walk through the room. You and Brian Logan need to get together because you have the, that's the same situation. Is that what he does, too? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that. It looks good, man. So it's been, a, let's see. Put it, put, the, the beard's kind of in now. Put a day, too, you know, like so. how many days? This would take me probably two weeks. Two weeks. Michael yeah. Alisa with his two-week beard. Back in Studio B, signing deals, making some money. <laughs> making it rain. <laughs> beard. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. According to BYU Offensive Coordinator Robert and I, running back Adam Hine does not have a beard and has yet to practice this week. Bronco Mendenhall said earlier this week that Hine would play against San Jose State. Freshman running back Riley Bird has also taken reps at practice and is expected to play. Adam does have a nice mustache, though. Mm. I think he still has it in his profile pic, actually, in the you know the BYU catalog. He's your accountant. And he has his big, uh, big old old school. He's your glasses. friendly neighborhood accountant. <laughs> <laughs> BYU freshman Nick Emery is one of twenty under the radar freshmen to watch in college hoops, according to CBSSports.com. Also, SI.com ranks BYU hoops as the 59th team in the country and does not project them as a tourney team. What? <laughs> what in the Get world? Out of here. Oh. Yeah, we'll have plenty more opinion on that yeah. coming up in uh, about 30 minutes. BYU women's soccer remains ranked 13th in the latest NSCAA poll released yesterday. They host St. Mary's in their regular season finale on Saturday. Speaking of the latest polls, the men's cross-country team is now ranked third in the nation. Mm-hmm. The women's team is ranked 24. That's all BYU Still teams good. do in the fall. Get ranked. Time for football to get back in those top 25 rankings. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Strength of schedule. Strength of schedule is going to be an important factor in going forward with the college football playoff. And we've heard, and the reason we get some of these games is because we are a good team to schedule for that reason. Imagine that, Michael Elisa. BYU's athletic director, Tom Holmo, was actually on to something. Of course he was. Strength of schedule matters. Uh, Just ask the Baylor Bears. The college football playoff unveiled the first CFP top 25 last night on ESPN. And the Bears, despite being ranked number two in both major polls, 
came in ranked number six outside of the top four, and the four teams get in the playoff. You know why? Because they've only beaten one team that has a record above 500. So what does that tell us? It's not just about how much you've won, Michael. It's about who you beat. It's about who you beat, man. Absolutely. And you know what? I was one of those guys that thought that the schedule was too hard. I'll be honest. And if you talk to me on the street before the season started, I was the guy that was like, this is a little bit, uh, a little bit of madness. We need to go to the Boise State schedule, maybe ACC schedule, that type of, that type of route. But uh, yeah, Tom Homo hit it on the head, man. That brings us to today's Twitter question. What is the greatest benefit of BYU football's increasingly difficult strength of schedule? Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. But it's the reality, and Tom Homo has implemented that into the current culture of BYU football. At R. Greenhaw with the first tweet today. She says, National Spotlight. Also, with a special season, we could be in the hunt for a New Year's Six slash playoff spot. Okay, that is the ultimate goal, right? That is the goal. And some people think, man, that's crazy talk right there. But why not aim high? Why not? All right. In my mind, so you're moving from, we went from the Mountain West, now we're independent. You eventually want to be in a P5 conversation and, and in P5 conference. It's moving from welterweight to heavyweight. If you want to be recognized as a heavyweight slugger, then it goes without saying, you need to take on some heavyweight opponents. Am I right? I mean, I thought the Mountain West route was the way to go, like I said. But the landscape of college football is changing. And, and we see that with, you know, great, great example was, was Baylor, a P5 team, undefeated, but they drop. Because they've only been one team over 500. Now, Tom Homo had it right all along. Yes, he, and he, he did. Here's the thing. BYU tasted the national championship in 84 and wants another one. But newsflash, with the same 84 schedule, no way would that BYU team have gone to the national championship in today's football realm. Would an undefeated BYU in 1984 have made the college football playoff with today's parameters? With, with, exactly. With their schedule... Their strength of schedule was not enough to, to get them to the national championship game. So the world is changing in college football, people. Higher scheduling is, is the way to go. Higher scheduling goes higher recruits, higher hopes, higher expectations, higher risk, higher reward. I used to think it was less is more, but more is more. You know what? Because you have that beard on your face, I'm buying what you're saying right now. It all of a sudden mm-hmm. has more credibility. Where do I sign? Most How interesting can I give beard you my in money? the world. <laughs> <laughs> what does BYU need to do to maximize these really difficult strength of schedules that are approaching? Okay, Consider this, Michael Elisa. The number one benefit of BYU's tougher schedules, in my opinion, is the chance to be in the national spotlight. Let's use this year as the prime example and case study. BYU has been showcased because they scheduled name-brand opponents. They opened against Nebraska, and I don't care that Nebraska's had a bad season. BYU maximized that opportunity, season opener, at Lincoln Memorial. They throw the Hail Mary. Everybody pays attention. And everybody remembers. It's still one of the greatest plays of the season. They benefited from playing in front of a national ABC audience. Then BYU, with that momentum... Beats Boise State on ESPN in dramatic fashion, and they get ranked. Everybody's talking about the freshman quarterback, Tanner Mangum. BYU's 2-0. They're rolling, going into UCLA. Here was the number one thing that told me that strength of schedule absolutely 
is respected and will continue to be respected is that BYU went to UCLA, lost a game that you and I were both at. They lost and they stayed ranked in the top 25. When was the last time BYU lost a game early in the season and remained a ranked team? I, I, I couldn't say, but that loss was a special loss. And if you're going to lose a game, that's the way to do it. Moving here on out, that's the way you want to do it with these tough schedules. You also brought up a really good schedule. Can I talk about Tanner Mangum for a second? Sure. He's probably the main reason why I've changed my mindset from less is more to more is more. I want harder opponents because we have a star, an all-superstar, who helps us believe. You know, with, with him, you got a chance. Same thing with, with Taysom. But before the season started, we had Taysom Hill. We're looking to next year. We're like, no way we're going to do well that season. All of a sudden, Tanner, Tanner Mangum rises up, and we got a chance next year. People are starting to puff out their chest a little bit more saying, this could happen. Because they have done it. Exactly. BYU has shown that they can compete with good college football teams on the biggest stages and get noticed. So why go away from that? Then there's the recruit angle. How about Fred Warner's little brother, Troy? One of the top defensive backs in the entire country. I think he's top five defensive back coming out of high school, according to maxpreps.com. Any, basically any significant scouting website you look at, Troy Warner is there. Now he's an early enrollee at BYU after decommitting to Oregon. To Oregon. You never see a kid decommit to Oregon to go to Colorado State or Boise State. Or Cincinnati. Oregon to BYU. To BYU. Couple of things. Troy was in attendance at the Boise State game. Do you think that that mattered? Yeah. Do you think that that mattered at all? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think the national exposure that BYU was getting on ESPN when they're showing the end of that Nebraska game and the end of the Boise State game weighed on him and didn't validate what he was wanting to do? It has an impact 100% on recruiting and getting those big-time players when you get noticed, when you're in the national spotlight. And BYU, as an independent, they benefit that way because they're unique. They're not like any other college football team, not even like Notre Dame. Notre Dame has an ACC scheduling agreement. BYU is unlike any other college football entity, and when they win, they win big with national exposure. And it captures the, the minds and the hearts of those recruits saying, Hey, you come to BYU, you have a chance to do something special. We're taking on the big boys. We're, we're going to move from the welterweight division to the heavyweight division, and we want you to be here when we do it. He sent out the following tweet, and I'm speaking of Troy Warner still, about a week ago. Quote, Brigham Young's schedule in 2016 is live. End quote. That from a guy who just enrolled at BYU and decommitted from Oregon. Not from some small school. We're talking about one of the premier programs in the entire country, the University of Oregon. It matters. Strength of schedule impacts not only the way you get relevant and how much time you spend in the top 25 when you win those games. It helps with recruiting, which guess what? If, if recruiting improves, play on the field improves. And you stay relevant because you're a ranked team more often than not. Even... You know, when people even look at recruiting classes to see how, where a school would, would rank, where, how a school or program is doing. So you start getting high recruits in there. That matters. Even though it doesn't to, to, to the actual season, it matters because people, people take note of that. BYU has loaded up the schedule in the next few years for Tanner Mangum as he now progresses through this program. And that brings us to our stat of the day. 
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has nine games scheduled against the current top 25 college football playoff ranking teams over the next three seasons. Does that not scream challenge? Yes. And BYU, led by Tom Homo and Bronco Mendenhall, have accepted it and embraced it wholeheartedly because, whether you believe it or not, they feel like they can compete at the highest level and the ultimate goal is to get to those New Year's Six games and into the college football playoff. You don't have to buy into it, but that is what they want to do. I'm all, I'm all about Tom Homer right now and Bronco. You know, it takes a strong leader to make those types of decisions. Those are the kind of type of decisions that would keep me up at night. They said, no, no, we're, go, we're doing this. We're going to take on these hard opponents. It's going to happen. Conversation we're... happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What is the greatest benefit of BYU football's increasingly difficult strength of schedule? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. Put on my blue goggles just so that I can see some things clear here. Tweet in from at Jones AP five increased ability to recruit elite players who want to play in historic venues all across America. Hey, do you want to go play Lincoln Memorial or how about the big house at Michigan or at the Rose Rose Bowl Bowl against UCLA or go to Michigan state next year? Yes. Sign me up. That is the benefit of what BYU is doing right now. It's tough. Yeah. And there is certainly risk involved. Let's not be naive. Like, injury, physicality, it's going to be tough. BYU dealing with that this year. But it's worth it. Up next, BYU basketball assistant coach Tim Lacombe joins us in Studio B. What was the best thing he saw from the bench in Saturday's exhibition? And who's the next great scorer at BYU? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Tell us your opinions, where you're watching, what you're thinking, using the hashtag BYUSN. Did you miss inside BYU football last night on BYU TV? Don't fret. An encore presentation of this week's Inside BYU Football will air directly following BYU Sports Nation. Uh, presentation of this week inside BYU football um, on top of the hour at 1 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. Check it out. BYU Sports Nation followed by inside BYU football. What is the greatest benefit of BYU football's increasingly difficult strength of schedule? At BLDU6 says, just like in 1984 when all but two teams had two or more losses, it gets us in the playoff. Now, you made the point that in 84, the schedule given today's parameters, would not have been tough enough to get BYU into that top four. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have held up. And as, as tough as it is to admit that, I mean, it, it just, it's just how the world is. The times have changed in college football. So you need, you need strength of schedule to make it to the top. Although BYU did benefit by beating a name-brand opponent in that first game on the road against Pittsburgh. So that does have some correlation. But yeah, isn't that interesting now that a team like Baylor doesn't matter? You have to go out and challenge yourselves if you want to get noticed nationally. Joining us now in Studio B, good friend of the program, Tim Lacombe. And I couldn't help but notice, Tim, you brought in some swag from the BYU basketball offices. What, what is this all about? Well, you guys have been hounding me about those shirts we wore in Maui, right? Uh-huh. And we're going back to Hawaii. Uh, hopefully we have a better you know, showing over there. So I thought we'd get a little karma. Um, so okay. I, I brought you these... Uh, 
the three <laughs> Hawaiian BYU basketball shirts that maybe you guys can sport while we're Look over at there. These. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so those were the three that I actually wore, and uh, you know you might need to send them to at least get them pressed. They're clean, worn by but, Coach McComb. Uh, game worn. Uh, I don't know if that devalues it or not, but. No, they're, definitely they're, increases the value. They're there for you guys. Are you kidding me? Devalue? No, this is perfect. Now I have my wardrobe picked out over the holidays. All right, there you go, buddy. As we cover BYU basketball. <laughs> so it, that's just one little section. I, I'm taking. I'm getting rid of a bunch of stuff in my closet. So how often do you have to get rid of stuff in your wardrobe? It's crazy. My wife actually laughs at me because she said I'm like Fred Flintstone or the you know or the Peanuts characters. Everything's the same. They wear the same thing every day. So it's BYU. <laughs> like my entire closet is blue, white gray and black you know so i got all that stuff so i don't know maybe uh somebody out there looking for something in a large maybe they can tweet me and i'll, <laughs> I'll meet them on the corner somewhere we'll right here all right i'm right here all right man you got plenty yourself i'm sure i used to be an xl but okay. after football you stop lifting that's right quickly become a large <laughs> so byu basketball assistant coach tim lacombe with us in studio b brought the hawaiian shirts which we will take very good care of my all friend. right man good I promise we will put karma those to i'm good looking use. for karma yes for. we're get we're of course you're gonna get it right now in fact let's just give it to you for the approaching season byu sports nation karma given out to tim lacombe love officially it. i love it soak it in Exhibition game. Bring it in. You guys need like gold dust to drop out of the sky or something. That's something that we can bring to the studio. That would be great. Exactly. We can make some improvements here. I have to ask about this. I saw you tweet out that CNBC has become part of your pregame routine and you give Kyle Davis credit for that. What is that all about? Kyle Davis is so into politics. And so, like every single day, he's a big Rand Paul guy, which we give him a hard time about. Um, because he's way down in the polls, but I, I'm fascinated by it. It drives my family crazy because I watch, you know, that's kind of my downtime stuff is I watch all this politics. I, I love to hear what Trump says next, and and uh, I don't know. I just, I'm fascinated by the whole process. So the other night before Cougar tip-off, I got into the coach's lounge a little early, flipped on the debate, and uh, waited for, for our time to go out there and watch a little bit of the debate. It was pretty interesting, so... I don't know. That's that's just a topic that kind of is big with our team. <laughs> so they've got me kind of sucked into it. Are you our political analyst then officially on BYU oh, no. Sports Nation? Oh, no. I, I, um, I, I guess the two things you don't discuss are politics and religion, but I, I think I'm just fascinated by the process right now. You can always go with Chase Fisher's approach of – his top three priorities are God, guns, and America. <laughs> yeah, I'll let I'll let him I'll let him get out there on a limb. I do a pretty good job of just you know staying neutral. Are you a political guy, Michael Elisa? Uh, I I do follow I do follow. Um, I'm actually I'm actually independent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to win my vote. That's all I'm saying. That's Spoken it. like a true BYU football player. <laughs> Candidate, not the party. That's right. good. Good stuff. The independence spreads across. Okay, let's talk about actual basketball now, Tim. You played Friday's game against Arizona Christian without four really key contributors. No Kyle Collinsworth, no Chase Fisher, no Corbin Kafusi, no Jordan Chapman. What did you learn in a game in a unique situation like that? Well, obviously you wouldn't want you wouldn't choose that scenario, especially early in the year. I think the one advantage for us is that we had Spain. So we had been together and played four games already. Um, and at halftime of that game, uh, obviously there was no like, Hey, we're going to put those guys back in, you know, and get this, get control of this thing. I think the advantage of that game was that these young kids, many of which, you know, at one point we had five guys out there. Coach was saying like, 
okay, Nick was in Germany last year. Nate was on the bench cheering. Kyle Davis said, you know, was on the bench in street clothes because he transferred. Jamal, you know, was a transfer guy. He was injured um, too. And was injured, you know, and, uh, and so really at the times all five guys out there were not even, didn't even play last year for us. So it was, it was a challenge, but I think what was exciting is that the way the, the guys responded and the, the old adage, there isn't really any substitute for experience. There was, there was nowhere for those guys to turn. They had to look at each other, the guys that were, you know, available to play um, and figure out a way to go out there and, and kind of make the corrections on the fly. Um, and they did that, and it was exciting, and I think that um, we saw a lot of good things. The cool thing about it is we had, you know, 40 minutes worth of film with people in the stands and refs and things we could really evaluate. Um, this time of year gets difficult uh, because we play each other for about five straight weeks, and the looks we get in practice are against ourselves. And so to be able to have a scouting report in place, um, to be able to actually have a film to evaluate and and kind of grayed out was really, really beneficial. And for those guys who needed all that experience, they certainly got a lot. What do you take away in terms of with, with those young guys or guys that have never been on the floor? How, how much can you base on how you train them on, on what you see in a game, in an exhibition format? I think a lot. You know, the one thing we try to do in our exhibition games is we try to, to go out and, you know, Arizona Christian had four returning starters. They're, they're picked to be, I think, fourth in the NAI in the, in the country. They're preseason number four. So while obviously not as talented as perhaps a Division One team, they, they certainly gave us uh, some unique challenges with the way they attack, the way they press. Um, and, and like I said, just to be able to put a scouting report in and have your guys have to understand that we're – closing to a certain guy this way and another guy this way. We're going to play ball screens on a guy this way and be able to have that, you know, those parameters in there for him to have to function with. And then to be able to take all the stuff we've been working on and evaluate how good we did in certain areas. I think that's the value you take out of those exhibition games. I know that Michael, he brought up a great point in our pre-show meeting about losing Tyler Hawes and, and what BYU goes from here. And so I'm, because it's a great question. I'm going to let him ask because it's his intelligence, but Mike, go ahead and ask well, uh, Tim. I, I just wanted to know, so so we, we had Jimmer Fredette, then we had Tyler Hawes, you know, great, great scorers. Who do you think is going to be the next big scorer at BYU? Well, I think it's interesting. I've been here eight years, um, going on my ninth year. And my first year here, um, you know, it was kind of, we had Trent Playstead and Lee Kamard and Jonathan Tavenari and that group, you know, Sam Burgess, Ben Murdoch. And when Lee, he was the player of the year that year in our league. Um, and then he graduated and everybody was like, where do you go from here? Uh, I think the beauty of our system is that it's set up to where um, the way we play and the reps that we get on, on any given night, you know, it's, it's for someone to step up. I mean, Jimmer Fredette, my first year was a freshman who didn't start a game, Right. Uh, and ended up four years later being the national consensus player of the year. So I think the exciting thing about that is that the way we play is that at any given night, and I think the way this team is built, um, maybe last year where Ty you know, and Kyle were kind of the focal points and Chase was a guy who was a spacing guy that made shots, I think it wouldn't be out of uh, out of the realm of possibility that we play five games and we have five different guys lead us in scoring in a certain stretch. 
And I think that's what's exciting about this team is the depth and the ability of a lot of different guys to make a contribution. You, you brought up Jimmer Fredette's you know, national accolades, and same with Tyler Hawes went that route. Now all the, all the rankings and, and uh, you know, uh, preseason award watch lists are coming out. How do you digest that with you know, Kyle Collinsworth, Chase Fisher, even Nick Emery? Do, do, do coaches pay attention to that? Well, you see everything now um, because, you know, so much has changed. In, it's hard not to see Right. It. I mean, in 15 or 16 years of being in this business, so much has changed with the way that um, information is put out there. Um, I think, first of all, you know, you look at it as a real compliment that you're – the guys in your program are are th- well thought of, but um, that's why we recruited them, uh, and that's you know feels really good that these are guys that we've had like Kyle for instance we had in our program for four years, and I think that it's so great that he's getting the national recognition that he totally deserves. I mean, what he did last year um, around here kind of became commonplace. Oh, he just he just got another triple double. It was absurd. Yeah, it was absurd, uh, and and in the history of college basketball, it was absurd. Um, and, and I think the thing that we try to do is we try to make the team the most important thing. And our players are so good at adopting that as well. I think so you, you enjoy and, and you really uh, appreciate the, inf- or the, um, the accolades your guys get. But the great thing about college basketball is at the end of the year, everything's earned. Um, you will be where you should be. Uh, you have an opportunity through the the slate of non-conference, conference, conference, postseason play to get yourselves in a position both as a team and as an individual to the places you want to go. Um, Obviously, I would love nothing more than all of our guys to be able to be recognized because I think they're terrific players and terrific people. Um, But I think you take everything with a grain of salt saying, okay, this is what – these are people's opinion. But then you can conversely say there's a lot of people out there that, you know, don't think that we're going to be that great. So – uh, the opportunity we have to play uh, games and go out and, and and earn what we get is really kind of what we focus on. What is the definitive next step for BYU basketball right now in terms of becoming that much more nationally relevant? Well, it, that's an interesting question because I think, again, this around here, Coach Rose has made, you know, going to the NCAA tournament and winning 20 games a year, roll, like rolling out of bed. I mean, it wasn't always like that, you know, at BYU and there were stretches where it was like that, but what he's done here has really been kind of historic. And so really I think the next step and what we talk about as a program is, is uh, we, we talk about the same things every year. We try, to, we try to plan on winning every game we play. I mean, that's the, that's the goal. Every, every game you go out there, you want to win. Um, if you do that, you have an opportunity to win a conference championship uh, and be selected to the NCAA tournament, which – you know, 64 out of 351 teams go. Um, and then getting to that tournament and getting the opportunity to advance, uh, that's kind of the next step, right, is the years that, you know, everybody talks about around here, you know, the Danny Ainge years to the Elite Eight and uh, Jimmer's year to the Sweet 16. And so that's what we want to do. We want to we continue to advance. And, and in order to do that, we've got to have a great, a non-conference slate, you know, and win it, win those games. We've got to get to the, in our conference, we've got to try to, you know, do our best to win a conference tournament, conference championship, uh, um, conference tournament championship, and, and get to the NCAA tournament and then advance in that tournament. The always important RPI factors in. And, and while I'm looking at these Hawaiian shirts, let's talk about 
what is going to happen there over the holidays. You open up against Harvard, good team. Uh, they've put together some nice runs in the NCAA tournament recently. But winning that first game is almost vital for that boost in RPI strength because the competition level will go up if you win that first game. Yeah, but, but you know, what's crazy is that no, nothing, no game is more important right now than, you know, it's stupid, but it's cliche, but it's true. Um, Saturday, you know, Saturday we play a second exhibition game, um, and then we open up with UVU here on uh, the following Friday. And in order to put ourselves in position to, for those games to mean something every time, you got to mm. win. Um, and so, yes, I, I totally agree. I mean, Harvard, Coach Amaker's done a great job there. Um, they've basically kind of taken over the Ivy League, and they're really starting to recruit guys who have real options to go to even Power 5 schools, and they're getting guys to go there. But the way that the schedule lines up, I know that, um, you know, maybe the names aren't quite as glitzy as we've had in the past, but, you know, the way that this looks RPI-wise, if everything kind of goes the way it should, we should be in a pretty good place uh, if we can take you know advantage of winning the games we should. Let's talk about conference play. You, you mentioned that earlier, and the, the biggest opponent in BYU's conference is Gonzaga. How how's BYU close that gap with them? They, I'm telling you, man, they they're doing a great job, and and it seems like every day, um, you know, I'm looking through my Twitter feed, and they just sign another guy. Um, it's it's a challenge. They they have a really um, really strong hold on this conference and have have had for a long time. And so for us coming in uh, and challenging them, we that's our that's our challenge is to win the league. Um, for us to go up there last year and kind of break that, you know, had, we had not won there yet, and to be able to break that and get our guys some confidence, huge. It was huge. But you know, the interesting thing about our league is. Gonzaga doesn't trip up very much, you know, anywhere in the league. And so you almost have to be perfect in league um, because they're not going to they're not going to stumble too many times. They've kind of figured out their way of getting through this league. And what's difficult is that this league is a way better basketball league than people understand. Um, You know, RPI wise, I think in the last couple of years, it's actually been top 10. Yeah, it's been and it's been ranked higher than the Mountain West Conference, Um, you know, the league we came from. And so, you know, when you go play at Pepperdine it, it, and, and the, the team they have this year, um, you know, and, and then also you go play uh, on the road at Portland. And on the, winning on the road period in conference is tough. Uh, so in order to – what we need to do in conference in order to bridge that gap is we, we need to be pretty close to perfect. And in order to be pretty close to perfect, we've got to execute really well. Um, and we've got to have everything kind of bounce our way with injuries and – um, you know, we got to be playing right at the right times. And so um, that's, that's really the challenge. And, and, you know, again, this year, preseason, you know, Gonzaga's picked to win it. Um, and what we need to do is we need to figure out a way to win this league. And, and so we make no bones about it every year. That's our goal. We want to try to figure that out. And so in order to do that, I think we need to be more consistent throughout the year. Um, we can't have those games where um, we have a drop-off and um, – what I'm confident about this year is I think we actually have a little more depth. So if we do have an injury here or there, another guy, as you guys kind of saw Saturday, could step in um, and, and help us out. Yeah, you know, Jake Toulson, Nick Emery. I mean, guys, tons of guys making three-pointers. It's, it's nice to see that early in the season, regardless if it's an exhibition game or not. You have a strong Twitter presence. 
Terry Nashup has recently joined the the Twitter machine and uh, really. I think Terry is the Twitter machine. Isn't he? Oh, okay. Man, he's he's so good. I like I, I like everything he does. Now I guess it's a heart now, right? Uh-huh. They changed it around. <laughs> um, I, I love that he's on there, and, and I love you know. I've said this before, but I think Terry might have one of the best basketball minds of anybody I've ever been around. He, uh, Quincy and I call him the mad scientist. You know, he's he's so great. So for him to be able to be out there and to share his personality and kind of his glimpses of the game, it's been so great for us. And that stuff's really important. You know, at the end of the day, that's what teenage kids look at. And so when you're recruiting kids, that's you have to have a presence. And so we've we've Terry and I have gone back and forth for years on that, and he's so happy now that he has it. It's fun to watch him do it. What are, what is the likelihood that one Quincy Lewis will ever send a tweet? I know he's on Twitter. I don't know, maybe he has, and that Dave Rose will ever own a Twitter account. Um, I think that there's probably a better chance that Quincy tweets. I don't know that Coach will ever, unless his family maybe gives him one for Christmas that he doesn't know about. Um, I, I don't foresee Coach really jumping in, but uh, yeah, I've really, I've really actually tried my best to get Quincy to. I mean, I, but one day I actually had people call him out on Twitter. Maybe we could do that again. Yeah. Um, if you're watching the show, maybe hit Coach Lewis up. BYU Sports Nation unite! Because the no funny mercy. thing is, everybody thinks Quincy. You know, his his persona is this real serious. You know. Just a uh, dogmatic guy, and he, he's actually very, very funny. Oh, he's got a great personality. Uh, great personality, great sense of humor. So I think we should, uh, I think we should challenge him to get out there. It's, uh, it's fun. We, you know, it's fun to interact with fans. Maybe not as fun after we get beat and you take some shots. I don't know if that ever happened to you. Oh, no doubt. Um, <laughs> but, uh, most guys would. Uh, but I think guys, it's all done. Delete in, their accounts during the season after a loss. I think but. it's all done in the spirit of love, right. right? I think everybody just loves us so much that they want us to win, but. Um, and that's the one thing I told Terry to get ready for is there's, you know, there's some backlash at times, but for the most part, I mean, you know, it's positive and the interaction is really fun. So Absolutely. We, I will say this, we have the best fans in the country for us to go wherever we go to have that many people we went to Spain and we had like a hundred people there. That's amazing. Wow. It was fun. So it was really cool. Tim, great to have wow. you in Studio B, man. We look forward to the next exhibition game Saturday night, live on BYU TV, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks, thanks for having me. And thanks for the Hawaiian shirts. Uh, yeah, please. Karma I'm right there. I'm feeling the aloha right that's, now. That's going to get us a championship. Aloha, Karma's karma. been delivered. The aloha spirit is with us in Studio B. <laughs> good things ahead for BYU so basketball. Good. Speaking of the BYU basketball tournament train, that's right. I'm the engineer. And I've got a message for CBS Sports. Can't stop this momentum. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Michael Alisa in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The 14th-ranked BYU women's volleyball team hosts St. Mary's tomorrow night at the Smithfield House. The match will be broadcast on BYU TV beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Jerem Jordan and Amy Gant on the call tomorrow night. I will be traveling to San Jose for Friday night's football contest with This is Sparta. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. According to BYU Offensive Coordinator Robert Anai, running back Adam Hine has yet to practice this week. However, Bronco Mendenhall said earlier this week that Adam would play against San Jose State. So hopefully, hopefully that guy gets some run against the Spartans. Hope so, and I hope that he's healthy enough. Hope he's not rushing it. I always feel for those guys. BYU freshman Nick Emery is one of 20 under-the-radar freshmen to watch in college hoops, according to CBSSports.com. 
SI.com ranks BYU Hoops as the 59th team in the country and does not project them to a tourney team. BYU women's soccer remains number 13 in the latest NSCAA poll released yesterday. They have their regular season finale against St. Mary's on Saturday. Speaking of the latest polls, the men's cross-country team is now ranked third in the nation. The women's team is ranked 24th. I can't get past this whole BYU basketball, according to CBS Sports, being ranked 59th out of 351 teams. And I know percentage-wise, that's probably a nod. Like, Tell the, me the how guy, you really feel. The guys at CBS are like, yeah, yeah, BYU's a good team. They've, uh, they've got a shot, you know, to compete with Gonzag. Come on, man. But you know what? You lose, you lose a guy like Tyler Hawes, a BYU ranking that's not that high preseason makes a little sense. So they're looking at that on the surface. Now, what they fail to do is reconsider that Kyle Collinsworth is still the leader of this team. Kyle Collinsworth was the leader of BYU basketball last Agreed. year. Agreed. But we know that Kyle Collinsworth is, is an assist guy. He's like your, he's like your Pippen. He's your triple-double. So, double. so exactly. BYU needs to, they need to have Pippen. somebody come up as a big scorer, and then I can see Kyle putting up the same numbers that he did last year. Guess what? There are like seven dudes that can make threes consistently for BYU. So if Kyle Collinsworth can create space, the ba- and the balance of this team was a post-presence now. So I just don't I don't understand how ESPN says, hey, Kyle Collinsworth is the 21st best college basketball player in the entire country. Which, but, which I agree that he is. But somehow BYU is not going to make the NCAA tournament. I think that they will get better even though they lose Tyler Haas because of balance. Now, now 21st ranked player can move to 11th or 31st or 51st with out with the help of his team. It all depends on his teammates. Well, throw in the Nick Emery thing, which uh, these, these preseason polls crack me up. One of 20 underrated college basketball freshmen. Like, the, these, are the, <laughs> these are the lists that we're coming up with. But Nick Emery's a, a good player. BYU is loaded, loaded with depth. And Tim Lacombe brought that up. He used the word depth. Right. I think we have more depth than we've had in previous years. If Tyler Haas was on the team this year and he got injured, it wouldn't be this major panic attack because of depth. You have other guys that are good players. Whereas last year when Tyler hurt his ankle and it was, there was some question if he's going to be able to stay healthy, that was a huge issue. Tyler had to play hurt because there wasn't depth. I, I agree. I agree there is more depth. I agree this is a, is a different team. There's a lot of potential. If I'm talking about rankings, though, rankings are rarely spot on the money. They're either overrated or underrated. And as BYU, where BYU is right now, I'm comfortable with that. I'd rather have them be underrated than, than overrated. So they're in a good spot. BYU can be underrated by the national prognosticators all they want. I am going officially on record as of November 3rd, 2015, at 10.42 a.m. Mountain Time, that the tournament train is on, baby! The tourney train hat is on. BYU will make the NCAA tournament this year, and they will be a single-digit seed. Mark it down. November 3rd. I said it. I put on the hat. It's Not on, to baby. toot your own horn or anything. Oh, I am tooting my own horn. <laughs> yes, I am tooting my own horn. Oh, man. <laughs> Woo, let's go. You need the goggles on, too? No, I don't need goggles. This is, this is purely logic, man. <laughs> Isn't that what we base the show on? Logic? Right. 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 <laughs> Speculation. Oh, okay. Speculatory logic. Yes. <laughs> will BYU will BYU have a better season this year compared to last year? Without Tyler Haas, will that happen? 
I feel an Insta poll coming on for that. In fact, let's do that right. Let's do that. Will BYU have a better season this year in basketball compared to last year? BYU Sports Nation Insta poll. You decide, BYU Sports Nation. I want to know what you think. And I, I'm already, I can already see it now. That hat, Spencer, take it off. People hate this hat. I love, I love the engineer hat, man. Straight out of Heber, Utah. Yep. What is up? What's that train called out there? The Heber Creeper. The Heber Creeper. I want to go ride that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I need something to do with my four-year-old over the holidays. We should go do that, right? You, you know, really quick, there's actually a train that goes from California to New York for like 200 bucks. 200 bucks? Polar Express. How long does it take? Three weeks? I don't know. I, th- I think it's two weeks, actually. <laughs> it takes two weeks. <laughs> Does it really? <laughs> if you stop like a day in a few of the big cities want to walk around, you can do it in a week, though, if you really want to. Just wear this hat just if you're on right it, man. There. Yep. The tourney, the tourney train <laughs> I love it. Our Twitter question today, back to football now. What is the greatest benefit of BYU football's increasingly difficult strength of schedule? And strength of schedule absolutely is relevant in basketball as well. Anyway, what is the greatest benefit of BYU opting to do this behind Tom Homo? Send in your tweets. Up next, an 11.30 p.m. kickoff time on Friday for the BYU fans on the East Coast. Big deal, no deal. Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Michael Elisa live in Studio B. Remember, if you miss an episode live... Good news. Rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Double the fun, double the Michael Alisa, and double the beard. That's right. Did you miss Inside BYU Football last night on BYU TV? Don't fret. And an encore presentation of this week's Inside BYU Football will air directly following BYU Sports Nation at the top of the hour, 1 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. Let's have some fun here and play Big Deal, No Deal. Big deal. No deal. If you're new to the program, here's how it works. We throw out a scenario that is reality, and Michael and I will decide if it is a big deal or no deal. Number one. Big big deal, no deal. Adam Hine is yet to practice this week. You want to take the honors, Michael? Big deal. I think Adam Hine is a I think he's the best running back in the preseason in the early part of the schedule. Algie Brown has come on since then, but not practicing this week shows to me that he's not ready. I say no deal because I'm not worried about Adam Hine playing until the Missouri game. If Adam plays limited snaps against San Jose State, I don't care. BYU does not need Adam Hine as a running back to beat San Jose State. They don't. And I think they do. I think Adam Hine would help a lot. And him not practicing means he's not going to play. I say no deal. Just get healthy by Missouri. I'd rather have him closer to 100% against Missouri than put him on the field against San Jose State and risk him getting hurt so that he can't play against You're Missouri. looking past San Jose State? No, I'm Last not. time we played there, you know what happened. Yeah, but they had a NFL quarterback. They had David Fales. And they had a great outside linebacker that made a sack fumble. Just saying. Put the game away. Also, Tanner Mangum is the quarterback now. Number two. Big deal, no deal. In 11.30 p.m. Eastern, kick time versus San Jose State. Yeah, I'm going first on this one. I am going to say this is a big deal because (laughs) East Coast fans, even fans in the Central Time Zone, are not going to bed until after at least 2 a.m., and it's on CBS Sports Network. This is the exception. This is the good news. The exception here. Because BYU plays at better times on ESPN, on bigger, on bigger networks. But this is tough because eyeballs won't see this. So 
BYU, even if they do something crazy, not a lot of people are going to see this. No deal. Listen, eyeballs, fans, networks, schmo, Joe, I don't, I don't care. The, the, the most important thing is winning the game. And for the players that play that late, look, we're called, they're college kids. They go to sleep late anyway. I mean, that's an early night for them. They'll be fine. And so no deal. As long as they win the game, no deal. And, and fans will stay up to watch it. I mean, you, you can stay up a few hours extra that's to watch your favorite football team. That's way past Broncos bedtime. It's way you past Broncos bedtime. There actually was an article where he talked about that. Where he was like, <laughs> oh, I don't know about this game. A little late. <laughs> uh, number three. Big deal, no deal. No Big 12 teams in the initial college football playoff top four. This is a big deal, Michael. I don't care that it's early. Anytime the Big 12 is left out of the top four, it's, it's a big deal for any BYU fan anywhere because it just adds that much more to, well, the Big 12 is going to keep getting left out unless they add some more teams. It stokes up the fire. I think this is a big deal because it just shows you a team like Baylor, a team like TCU, still on the outside looking in despite being undefeated. It's good news for BYU in their hopes of potentially cracking into a Power 5 conference because it just creates more controversy. I have to agree with you, and I hate doing that, but, yeah, also big deal. Why, I do, think you, why do you hate Big 12, thing? just because you're normally wrong, and I'm, I'm wow. normally right. You're the guy that said BYU <laughs> should go back 12. to the Mountain West Conference. That was, that was, before, that was before we knew that Tanner Mangum was going to be this good the next whiff. year going into 2016. Okay, that was without all my all the full information. I didn't have the facts. So Big Twelve, it puts a little a uh, little pressure on them to get more teams in the, into their conference. So big deal. Okay, number four. Big deal, no deal. SI.com projecting BYU as not a tourney team. It doesn't matter what Sports Illustrated says because I've already officially dubbed this team a tournament team with the tournament train hat on. BYU will make the tournament. Who cares? What Sports Illustrated says about BYU being the 59th best college basketball team continue to be underrated. You said it. Be the underdog. Let them surprise people. Exactly. And I said it. And for that reason, that's a big deal. I love that they said that. that that's going to light a little fire on those BYU basketball players. I want the Hoops team to get angry about that, get that ship on their shoulder, wear it loud and proud, come in every game with something to prove. At Everyday Jess chiming in on Twitter, Tourney Train is back. Not that I ever got off. Always riding that tourney train. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Okay, uh, we have one more big deal, no deal, and then we'll give you a Twitter poll update. Number five. Big deal, no deal. Spectre comes out tomorrow. It's a James Bond movie, and Daniel Craig is playing James Bond. Has he not entertained you before? Good grief. He's awesome. This is, of course, this is a big deal. Daniel Craig is the man, even though he doesn't. Maybe not doesn't want to do another James Bond movie. Please, Daniel Craig, do another James Bond movie. It is a big deal. Spectre's going to be awesome. You know what I'd love to see? A little cameo by Sean Connery. You know, or, or you know, some, some one of the old Bonds, Roger Moore. I love all those old 007 movies. Are you, you're not a fan? <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I just love me. James Bond. Doesn't matter. I'll watch. I grew up on those gold things. Gold finger. No. Uh huh. Yes. The man watch with them all. The golden gun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to have an insta poll about who is the greatest James Bond. Think about that. Maybe we Big bring deal. that up tomorrow. We, we sent out an Insta-Twitter poll about whether or not BYU will have a better basketball season this year compared to last year. 66% of the votes saying, yes, BYU will make the tournament. So go to Twitter and vote. Check out our account, at BYU Sports Nation, 
Are the Cougars in 2015-2016 going to outdo last year's team with the all-time leading scorer, Tyler Haas? Up next on BYU Sports Nation, it's time to whip. If you miss anything, don't go anywhere. We'll update you next. BYU Sports Nation continues on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. According to BYU Offensive Coordinator Robert Anai, running back Adam Hina has yet to practice this week. Bronco Mendenhall said earlier this week that Hina would, in fact, play against San Jose State. Additionally, freshman running back Riley Burt has taken reps at practice and will also play. Men's basketball. BYU freshman Nick Emery, one of 20 under-the-radar freshmen to watch in college hoops, according to CBSSports.com. SI.com ranking BYU as the 59th team in the country. Not projected as a tournament team. You already know what I think about that. Soccer. Women's soccer remains ranked in the latest poll released yesterday. That's right, 13th nationally. Cross country. Speaking of polls, men's cross country now number three in the nation. The highest ranked team on campus in BYU. Women's team, number 24. Women's basketball. According to ESPN.com, Lexi eaton Rydalch is one of the five players you should go out of your way to watch in women's hoops. She's good. They said she's gone from reckless to fearless. Woo. Love that. Let's go, Lexi. Future guests, John Beck, Justin Allegre, the play-by-play voice of San Jose State football, will join us, as will the always entertaining Cozy Burnett of 14th-ranked BYU women's volleyball. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to Tim Lacombe for delivering the Hawaiian shirts. If you want some karma, he's going to get the Rise and Shout as well. Our elite tweet of the day from at N underscore Crowley 19 says our schedule football is like our makeup and appearance. And we looking good for that cute guy. <laughs> Big 12. That was good. Props. <laughs> that was good. Well done. Thanks to Tim Lacombe and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag, hashtag BYU Sports. Download the podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. For Michael on Spencer, shout out to Matt Montague. Inside BYU football coming up in exactly two minutes. Beat the Spartans. We'll see you tomorrow.